When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Imagine you have an emergency and need to call 911, yet it takes them a long time to get there, or maybe they can't come at all. That is the scary reality of the current state of EMS in Wisconsin. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Alan DeYoung, Executive Director of Wisconsin EMS Association, says while EMS is essential in times of crisis, according to the state, it's actually deemed inessential. He provides some scope of the trends he's seeing and what they're doing to help fix this issue. EMS of Wisconsin and really across the entire country has not been doing very well over the last few years. Uh, with the pandemic and with the reliance on volunteerism for decades, you know, since EMS began almost in, in 1970s, you know, officially, we've relied on volunteers so much that volunteers have started to, you know, age out. They've started to not be able to afford to be a volunteer. And in addition to that, fundraising obviously has gone down. You know, people are a little bit tighter on their budgets, so they're not able to donate many times to fire and EMS departments. And it's something we've kind of, I'd say we've relied on it in a strange sense, you know, where we, we fund other essential public service organizations such as police. We fund garbage through garbage collection. But yet for EMS, we've always uh, relied on them fundraising to buy equipment or to get a new ambulance or, or anything like that versus funding it through any traditional measures through you know local taxes or through uh, a fee like with garbage collection. And this is starting to come back and bite us in the butt kind of thing because we now have seen those volunteers leave. We've seen just individuals leave, even with career departments. We are actually estimating about 25 to 30 percent of the entire EMS workforce in Wisconsin has basically left the industry in whatever means, again, from retiring, from just wanting to get out of it, and this could have been due to the pandemic or just due to burnout. And then at the same token, so we've seen that loss in the workforce, we've seen an increase in the amount of calls as a state that we're getting. So a 21% increase over the last four years, which equates to about 160,000 more calls every year since then, that we have a a smaller workforce that are uh, answering those calls. While many see EMS as essential, you mentioned that EMS is actually deemed unessential. Can you explain what that means? Yes, so according to our state law currently, EMS is considered non-essential. The only place where it's somewhat essential or it's required is in towns. So towns, they're required to have EMS or basically provide EMS, whether it's contracted or municipal-based or some other means, but it doesn't mean that they have to fund it. And so you could still have a municipal-based EMS that is volunteer. With that, you know, you have basically a lack of funding for EMS as a whole because of that reason where it's not essential. And additionally, even though a department is licensed to provide 911 emergency medical response, they may not have the staff to just answer those calls. And then when they don't have somebody available to answer that 911 call, they rely on mutual aid from a neighboring department. And when that neighboring department takes the 911 call, they're now placed out of service. So if their department gets another 911 call, they have to go to mutual aid to their neighbor. And so it's kind of like this domino effect that's been happening. 
And the problem with it now, though, is we're reaching out for mutual aid from our neighbor departments, and they're not able to take those calls. So calls are actually going completely unanswered. And we're talking 911 emergency medical calls. We need somebody there. It could be a heart attack. It could be a stroke. It could be an accident. You know, you, you might have got a car accident, and you're expecting them to show up. But because we don't properly fund it, whether on a local level or even on a state level, and we don't deem it essential that municipalities have to provide funds towards it, then it kind of gets pushed to the side uh, where we don't fund it in many instances. So what are you guys doing then to help combat these issues to really try and maybe fill some of that void? So we've been working with state legislators to really properly fund EMS, find some metric uh, to properly fund it, and also you know, provide some level of accountability as, as well. So if you say, hey, if we're going to use state funds to provide funding to EMS departments, then EMS departments should make sure they meet those calls 24-7, 365, which is a, you know, an expectation of the public as well. Some of the things, though, we've run into is just not enough money. You know, we have a, a shared revenue model that, you know, that shared revenue gets literally shared then also with other public safety entities, you know, and as well as public works. And that's where we're a little, I don't know, say not, not as hopeful as we could be on funding EMS properly, because at a local level, it's just not possible many areas of our state to fund EMS. So you, you have a town, uh, I believe it's town of Clam Lake that has, you know, 62 people as a population. There is no possible way that those 62 people could fund an EMS department locally to cover them. Now, they can contract out, but again, that costs money. So we have you know, a lot of tourism, obviously, in our state. We have a lot of tourism and hunters and fishing you know, throughout the northern rural areas of our state. Uh, and if they get hurt, who responds? EMS has to respond, or at least you know, we expect them to respond. But yet the state hasn't provided any funding to do that quite yet. So we are hoping through the state budget to actually get some funding that can be, you know, dedicated to EMS. But through our discussions, they haven't been as, as beneficial quite yet. Um, but I'm still hopeful that we can make something happen to at least start the process of properly funding EMS for long term, not any, you know, one-time funding or anything like that. It's got to be a long-term solution. This will impact all communities, but especially rural communities. They're already struggling to have that emergency response as it is, whether that's out on a farm and the EMS don't maybe know how to respond because they're not used to using that equipment or whatever it may be. This just really makes it even more separated, right? Yeah, so this is this is a multi-part challenge, basically. So, you know, you have the funding aspect. You also have a staffing a- aspect. And then you have a third aspect of training, being able to have all the skills necessary. And and we do push EMS to basically have a big scope of what they can do. When when people think EMS, typically they're thinking, oh, I'm just being transported to the hospital. And it's much more than that. Uh, many EMS providers, you know, if you're looking at like a paramedic, can do many of the same things that physicians do. You know, they administer drugs, they can intubate, you know, they're doing so many of these very highly qualified skills and you need that training and it doesn't happen overnight. This is you know, training that happens over a long term and then getting good at it. So 
not only ourselves, but, you know, a lot of departments, we, they try to train on many of the different skills. Example, pediatric calls are a very small percentage for most departments. You know, you hope to never really get uh, many pediatric calls, but you, when you do get them, you want to be ready to respond to them. So we do a lot of practicing of pediatric skills for our sake through our, our conference and through online training and things like that. But yeah, we are seeing this kind of, not necessarily a gap in skills, but you know, you have people that are dealing with certain scenarios more frequently, like let's say heart attacks more frequently in a certain maybe a, uh, urban area. And then when you get out to the rural areas, we do have, you know, the possible farm accidents. You have, you know, things like grain silos or manure pits that you have to keep in mind when you're responding to a, a farm versus, you know, somewhere in the cities. You mentioned that some of these volunteers are getting older and retiring. So is there a younger generation that's willing to serve and step up to fill those vacancies? Or how can we get people to be interested in this line of work? I hate, I hate to say this, but this is one of the real answers is we have to look at EMS and pay them for what they do. Even many volunteer departments that pay a stipend, you know, I've seen a literal, literal $1 per hour, which is just kind of ridiculous because you're not covering your gas getting to the station if you're responding to the station. If you're a EMR service, you're responding with your personal vehicle. You know, many anything's like uniforms or, you know, any of your own equipment that you might carry on your own personal vehicle that you're responding to a call, you might even pay for some of that as well. So people not only with their just household budgets, they can't afford to be a volunteer. So we have to fund it in a way that also attracts the youth to get into it. There is always a sense of pride, but I say is, you know, police officers have a sense of pride as well in what they do for their communities, but they also get paid and they also get really good benefits. I can tell you EMS, the majority of EMS in Wisconsin doesn't have any type of retirement. That's a kind of a scary thought when you go to work for any other company. Typically, you're going to have some type of retirement in some fashion. Most of our EMS don't have benefits. They don't have health insurance. They aren't offered these things because they cost money. And since we're not funding EMS properly, they're, again, people are just going to be getting out of it. And if we want to be able to attract those youth, we need to offer those same benefits that for-profit organizations are offering, or just offer the same benefits that are the counterparts, such as police, that they do offer. And I think that will attract many more youth into public safety as a whole. I would definitely offer it just to say, hey, reach out to your legislator just saying, look, as a public citizen in Wisconsin, we believe EMS should be essential. It should be funded properly. And it shouldn't always be funded through local taxes, because in some areas that local tax burden could be pretty high. Besides the state having a surplus, the state has state budget money that they should be putting towards something like public safety, and in particular, like EMS. If they don't, I mean, and if they don't put enough towards it, I mean, this is not going to get any better. Our call volumes are going to continue to increase. And then it's going to be a matter of time where it's somebody's grandmother or, you know, somebody's even, you know, child, God forbid, that they're calling 911 and nobody shows up to it. And we can't hold volunteers. We can't force them to leave their job and go to a call. Their employer may not allow them to even do that. So we have to see it in a different light. We have to, as, a, as citizens of Wisconsin, if we want to change things and 
make sure that we have EMS. When we dial 911, somebody's going to be there. We need to make sure that our legislators basically take the initiative to properly fund EMS directly. You know, giving shared revenue to municipalities for everything under the sun, we're going to see that probably disappear and go towards roads and go towards, you know, what we're used to in Wisconsin, you know, all the construction on roads and things like that. That shouldn't happen. I mean, this is, we're talking life and death. I mean, EMS can still go down a gravel road versus, you know, if you don't fund it, they're not going to show up at all. And that's the reality that we're at right now. And that's what I think everybody, you know, all listeners should know is we're in a, a dire situation that is, that's not like any other industry. This is truly life and death. And you never know until you need 911 when you're going to need it. That was Alan DeYoung, Executive Director of Wisconsin EMS Association. Reaching out to your local legislators is the first step in helping to get the needed funding. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.